Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, PJ Dixon is about to come on. This dude, we've had so like we've had two powerful conversations. I was gonna say so many, but accurately two super powerful conversations. This dude is just an enlightened, in my perspective and opinion, enlightened human being. Got a ton of valuable wisdom to share to help you transform. He's a powerful coach. We're gonna be diving into some really, really, really powerful conversation today, and who knows where it's gonna go, but it is gonna be rocking the house. So definitely stay tuned. We're going to dive into that in just a second. Before we go there, though, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here, for being a part of this mission, this movement, and growing yourself into your greatest possible self. Whether it's tuning in to this show, tuning in, tuning into other podcasts, other people's content, uh, hiring coaches, working with coaches, going to events, traveling around the world, adventuring, vacationing, whatever you do, your habits, your, your being of becoming your greatest possible self, I acknowledge you. Keep showing up. Keep taking one step at a time. Your journey is yours, so enjoy it. Thank you for being here. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. Let's see who it's by this week. I believe it's by Rika123. And Rika123, as we put this on the screen, says, uh, Energy Boost. Chris is a light and a force who delivers personal growth messages with a dedicated intention of creating a more loving, up-leveled world for all of us. His energy is infectious. He brings equally empowered and inspiring guests on the show, and the conversations just flow. Rico123, thank you, thank you, thank you for that review. And if you want to get a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beyourgps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store. Give us a review. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of on the show. Hit that subscribe button while you're there so you can keep getting all the latest episodes and updates. We release an episode just about every day of greatness and empowering you and inspiring you to be your GPS. So thank you for being here. Let's keep growing and going on the journey together. I'm going to introduce PJ Dixon in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. It's going to be fiery and we are going to unleash you by breaking through whatever resistance you might be hanging on to. Hold on to your pants or whatever. I was like, what are, what are we holding on to? Hold on to whatever you want to hold on to. This is going to be an amazing interview. Let's introduce PJ. PJ is a lifelong motivational speaker and an international transformation coach who focuses on results. Despite his disability, which was expected to take his life by age seven, he chose to live and live well. PJ truly lives an extraordinary life, sailing, outdoor skydiving, indoor skydiving, trapezing, ziplining, hiking, mountain climbing, snow skiing, water skiing, aqua, jetpacking, and the list goes on. He's a former wheelchair athlete, international traveler, amateur watercolorist, founder of two nonprofit organizations and four disabled sports programs, a published author, 10th degree black belt, martial arts and women's defense instructor, and a meditation teacher. Additionally, PJ has been inducted into the National Hall of Fame for people with disabilities 
honored with Toastmasters Distinguished Communication and Leadership Award, the highest honor for non-Toastmaster members, and was nominated to carry the Olympic torch through Tucson in 2002. And that is just the beginning with this epic human being. And we're blessed to have him here with us today. PJ, are you ready to rock the house, my man? I am on fire. I'm super <laughs> excited to be here. This is a great place to be, right? Well, I mean, that's what it's all about. You want to, if you ever fall, you got to get back up, just like the phoenix behind you. That's right, man. That's right. Well, thank you, PJ. We're going to dive right into the theme of today, man. It is self-love is true love. What does that mean for you, brother? It's really important for us to realize that if there's true self-love there, the only person who really knows you is you. And what I would refer to as God of you consciousness of the universe and so if you truly love yourself you start to wash away all the things that no longer um create resistance in you and there's just the truth between you and your soul between the consciousness that is you and yourself so it's very much like when you look in the mirror when i talk to the mirror which i do a lot i refer to this as namaste talks the word namaste mm -hmm. means uh the divine in me recognizes the divine in you and so when i'm having conversations with myself in the mirror to get over something, I feel like it's God talking to God, mm. right? And so if you're truly in love with yourself, then there is only one love. It's the love of God, from God, to God, for God. And this is not me being religious. Mm. This is just me being spiritual. So if you don't like the concept of God, we can call it universe. We can call it source. I sometimes jokingly call it Gus, right? God, universe, <laughs> source. So it doesn't matter what you call it. What matters is what are you feeling right there in that yeah. moment? Yeah. Right. So the real one true love is that love for yourself, because if there's anything separating you, you'll know it. You'll know that. I don't know. I sort of love this part about myself, but not this other. You'll know you can't trick yourself. Man, man. Oof. Oof. I love it. Just tapping yeah, into yeah. the highest dimension that we can possibly go. PJ right off the bat yeah. this is this is epic, man. So I want to well, dive into your transformational coaching just to give okay. people an overview. I know you speak as well. Tell us a little bit more about your favorite ways that you serve your clients today, brother? Well, that's a great question, right? And here's the reason I think that's a great question, because first of all, it's not a question that people ask when you ask it that particular way. Um, and secondly, like, what's the, the best way that I like to serve them? It's letting go of my own ego and just moving into that space where I hear it come through me. I will often refer to myself as a, a big ear, like a spiritual ear. And people are like, how do you know that about me? And I'll say, I didn't. I just heard what you can't hear right now mm. because you're in chaos. Mm. And so the way I like to serve my clients the best is without ego. The more I can get out of the way, the more I can let flow through me. In fact, I have chills running through my body right now, just like connecting with that. And so it's just the idea of if I, I'm open, then my voice becomes God's voice. My tongue becomes God's tongue. My intentions become God's intentions. And so for me, um, I will often say when people ask me a question, or I want to help them with something, I'll say, hold on one sec, let me get quiet because I want it to come through me instead of from me. And then I'll wait until I feel it and know it. And then I'll speak what the truth is. And always, always without fail, they're like, wow, how did you know that? And I may not be 100% accurate, but it's accurate enough that it creates the conversation movement. But I'm pretty darn accurate most of the time. And this is not me being arrogant or cocky. It's just a different language. I just have tapped into it and been able to listen. 
<clears throat> so how do I like to serve them the best? Without ego. And then from stage, really fun and playful and vibrant and energetic. I love being on stage because when I'm on stage, I get to be this wild and crazy guy and super loud and obnoxious. Not obnoxious in a bad way, but like fun and silly and tell ridiculous stories and like bring this level of energy and energy in the room up because I want people to really love and enjoy their life. Right. And so when I'm with people one on one, like when I'm on stage, sometimes that wisdom just pours through me and I'll say things or look right at somebody. And afterwards, they'll come up to me and they'll say, How did you know that? Like you were looking right at me when you said that. And I'm like, I, I don't. It's just God talking to God. So make sure that when people, I want people to realize that it's not always me. I'm a human being, I have an ego. I trip over my ego all of the time. But if you want to know the best way of serving my clients, it's without ego. It's in service, true service to them. And the way that I'm in the best service is the prayer that I told you when we first met. God, make my eyes your eyes. Make my heart your heart. Make my tongue your tongue. Make my mission your mission. And so when I go to serve a client or I speak from stage, all of that is a gift from, from the divine. It's not me. It's just flowing through me. The more I learn, the more I grow. The more I experience, the more I study, the more my brain and my body and my being has almost access to an encyclopedia of wisdom that then spirit can access easily for me. But I don't, I don't have to know anything when God knows everything. I just have to get out of the way. Mm. Mm. PJ, I love it, man. I love, I love the divinity with which you weave through your message. And I think that's as beautiful. And for me, it's like a very accepting, loving welcoming message and i think that's what the world is really hungry for these days is like hey you're freaking powerful and we're all connected you know like just remember that you you're the creator of your reality we're all connected let the divine flow through you it's it's beautiful man so it's, PJ, it's even a little more than that it's yeah. more it's even more than you're the creative creator of your reality you are the creator now let me let me be very clear okay everything about you is is divine there's nothing that you are that is not God, mm. but that does not mean you are all of God. Mm. It just simply means that everything that I am, everything that you are, everything that anybody is listening is, is divine. It is from the first, from even if you're scientific, everything you are is that um, pure potential energy, mm. right? Yeah. And so that means you are, but you are not all of the pure potential energy, mm. but you are made up of all pure potential energy or God. Right, it's it's the same thing. We can name it whatever we want. Um, in the Tao, Tao Te Ching, the Tao says that which is um, that which can be named is not the eternal, and that which is eternal cannot be named. So while I use the word God, I use the word pure potential. It it's not. We, we, there's no concept for how complete this is. In some of my own spiritual experiences, where I've left and just been connected to the everything, the isness, there. You don't have a concept of size because there isn't really distance. There only is is, which is a weird thing to say. And I don't want to get too like off in the weeds maybe and confuse your people. But, you know, um, so when you say you are the creator of your reality, you are the creator, right? And if you choose to create or choose not to create, the world, the universe will give you the abundance of whatever you uh, are filtering it through. It's a little like a Play-Doh fun factory. Remember that you put the Play-Doh in and you'd uh, push down on the little lever and all that Play-Doh would shoot out the front, yes. but it would shoot out the front through um, the shape that you, um, that you actually chose. In fact, I literally just gave away my Play-Doh fun factory. I know I'm 50, 
right? <laughs> but I gave it away because I'm no longer using it when I work with schools. Wow. But I would use it when I would work with kids and families sometimes. Because if I wanted to star to come out of that, I would put the Play-Doh in, I'd put the filter on the front that had the star, and then I would just push down on it. Mm. And so the universe is constantly pushing down on us or giving to us or pouring into us, as I like to say. And so it's constantly giving us an abundance. The question is, you know, if you're the creator of your own reality, are you creating an abundant reality or are you creating a scarcity reality? Mm. Depends on the filter that you're seeing and receiving it through. So what filter you're receiving it through is the filter that it's going to come out into your life. Gold. Gold. PJ, I want to go back into your journey, man. I want to talk about <laughs> like what, like today we see you speaking on stages, transforming people's <laughs> lives and clients, things like that. Like what was your journey like, especially in the beginning? And how did you get through those days? What kept you moving forward? Yeah. So I don't know how far back you want me to go and I'll make, I'll shorten it so it doesn't take everybody's time. So you can ask me more questions if you want. But um, I started speaking at seven. I have a very rare form of muscular dystrophy um, that I was born with. And so at seven, the Muscular Dystrophy Association saw me and said, well, you're a cute little kid and you're precocious and you're not afraid to talk to people. How would you like to like come out and start speaking? So at seven, I literally was speaking sometimes as many times as three times a month. And there was no place that I could go anywhere really in the United States where people didn't know me. Everywhere I went, somebody knew who I was from the age of seven till, you know, probably 25, you know, um, and even now I go someplace like when I got, when I went to Japan, the first time I was in the airport and somebody was like, Hey, PJ. And I was like, my friends were like, really dude, seriously. Um, and so, you know, we go, we drive down to Atlanta, which is, you know, several States away from Ohio where I used to live. And we would see somebody in a club who knew me. And so anyway, my point wow. is that I had this fortunate, um, lifestyle where I was speaking at seven years old and people knew who I was. And so I didn't really ever perceive my disability until I hit puberty, mm. hit puberty. You know, there's like all this angst and crazy stuff and I don't really like myself. Um, and I remember people saying to me, well, you just need to learn to love yourself. I was like, love yourself. Like, what do you, what does that even mean? Like love yourself. That's the weirdest thing in the world I've ever, how do you love yourself? Like I didn't get it. And I realized when I was at that age, you know, high school, I knew that I, could um that my life wasn't about me that i was born this way as a gift to other people mm. and i've always 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 been a spiritual kid you know one of my earliest memories is spiritual not physical mm. um <clears throat> and so i tell you all of this to say that um i'll fast forward a little when i moved to tucson arizona in 1997 I had this feeling. So I I've always I've always had a really good life. My mom's been amazing. My dad a little questionable, you know, um alcoholic, you know, a little difficult. Um but my mom and I incredible connection, my sister and I incredible connection. My grandmother's always been good to me, my aunts have always been good to me, you know, so I'm very fortunate that way. Um I've always had tons and tons and tons of friends. Um and despite my disability, I've really had an amazing life. But then, you know, in high school, junior high, kind of rough, not terrible, just a little rough getting through that. And I realized, I reached a point where I realized my life wasn't about me, it was about other people. Mm. And um, it was about being in service to other people. So when I moved here in 97, um, I moved here to follow a spiritual teacher. And the spiritual teacher said, okay, I want you to go home tonight. My very first night in Tucson, she said, I want you to go home tonight. And I want you to, in prayer, after prayer, 
I want you to just simply say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And mm. so I said, easy. And she said, then listen. I said, okay. And so I went home and I was actually renting a room from a friend of mine. And I'm sitting on the concrete floor, um, which is where I slept on a concrete, concrete floor with a uh, uh, sleeping bag. <clears throat> and I closed my eyes and I said, God, I believe I'm supposed to be in Tucson. Tell me what you want me to do with my life. And a pillar of golden light came through the ceiling, hit me in the top of the head, filled up my whole, my whole body, my whole being, I would say, my whole being. And I heard one word, love, love. And I knew in that moment, it didn't matter what I did as long as I loved other people. So that was October. Fast forward a little in January and February, I started having this feeling like I was going to get hit by a car at a bus stop because I don't drive. So I was like, oh, I kept having like these visions of me being hit by a car. So I'd like, I'd park myself 40 feet in front of the bus stop. Then I parked myself 40 feet after the bus stop. And then I'd sit behind the like the big steel structure where the bus stop was. Then I'd sit behind the concrete trash can, you know, doing all these crazy things just to like protect myself. Like, so if I could see it coming, right, maybe I'm 40 feet ahead and it'll jump the curb and like, and I'll be like, ah, I've heard of that one. So I was doing all this stuff for three months, wow. for three months. And then a friend of mine drops me off about a mile away from my martial arts class. And she's like, are you sure you're okay? I was like, yeah, it'll be good. I'll walk. No problem at all. I got that. She's like, okay. So I'm literally two blocks away from my martial arts class. And I see this big black SUV on my left-hand side. I see the oncoming traffic on my side. I look at the oncoming traffic. There's no possible way this guy's going to see me. He's looking to the left, right? Because that's the direction the oncoming traffic is. I'm facing the same direction and he is looking. He doesn't see me. I look at him. I look at traffic. I look at him. He's still not looking at me. I think, no problem. I run out in front of him. I don't even stop. I just keep walking, right? Because I go, there's no possible way he's going to come out of three lanes of traffic coming at me. Guy guns it as soon as I get in front of him. He hits my left side, knocks me out of my wheelchair. I fly out into three lanes of traffic. I can hear the wheelchair crumple underneath his, um, his, his uh, SUV. It literally, like, I'm hearing the, the metal snap and break and bend. I'm flying through the air. As I'm flying through the air into three lanes of oncoming traffic, I hear myself say in my mind, I pray, I say, God, whatever you do, please don't let him roll over my pelvis. Mm -hmm. I hit the ground. I roll. The front driver's side wheel comes to rest leaning against my pelvis. Had he rolled two more inches, he would have crushed my pelvis. Not a single one of those cars hit him. Not a single one of those cars hit me. And, um, I mean, there's more to that story, spiritually speaking. Um, but what happened after that was three um, EMTs were eating at that restaurant where he was coming out of, wow. ran out, took care of me, ran me across the street to the hospital where, like, I wasn't meant to die that day. Like, EMTs and a hospital across the street. God, please don't let him roll over my pelvis two inches and I was safe. You know what I mean? Like, what is that about? But I was in excruciating pain. Wow. So for the next four months, I was in physical therapy. Mm. And as I was in physical therapy, my PT was like, I couldn't sit, Chris. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't roll over. I couldn't push my wheelchair. I couldn't cross my legs. I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't sit on the toilet. I couldn't sit in the bottom of the, of the, of the tub to shower. I was in excruciating pain. It hurt all the time. My hips hurt all the time. <clears throat> The last day after four months, he goes, PJ, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We've done all this different kind of therapy and we can't figure out what's wrong. He's like, I've talked to my mentors. I've checked my books, all of this stuff. And he said, 
I talked to a mentor a couple of days ago and he asked me if I checked your pelvis bone, if I pupate, uh, pupate? no, palpated your pubic bone to see whether or not um, your hip had been popped out of place. And he said, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. And they didn't, they weren't able to check because of the curvature on my spine, the way my body is shaped. I couldn't fit into any of the um, x-rays or MRIs or whatever it is just to check, um, to check my body. X-rays, I guess, mostly for my hips. So they, I couldn't fit in there. So they weren't able to really look. And he said, so I'm going to, I'm going to push through your pubic line and push against your, your, um, your pelvis through your abdominal wall into like the back of you to feel your pubic bone. And he's like, this is going to hurt. And I was like, it's okay. Like, let's do it. Because if this is something that might take the pain away, I'm willing to go through the pain. This is what I want everybody to listen to. I voluntarily, I knew that it was going to hurt. I knew it wasn't going to be comfortable. And I know, Chris, when you started your you know, 12 hour mastermind here, your 12 hour um, marathon uh, of interviews, <laughs> marathon, thank yes. you, marathon. I know it wasn't easy in the beginning. There's tons and tons and tons of legwork, I'm sure, to get it to this level where you are now. Amazing work. But it was pain that you had to look at and go, okay, I'm willing to go through it. This is what I want everybody to hear, right? I looked at that pain and I said, let's do it. If there's any chance that this can make me feel better, right? Because I had reached a point where I was starting to become depressed. I was feeling bad about myself. I was feeling like I was never going to have my life back. I was feeling like um, I was going to be in pain the rest of my life. I was never going to be able to live the way I wanted to live. I was literally spiraling downward. I couldn't work. Everything was terrible. I wasn't speaking, nothing. And so he goes, oh, yep, that's it, PJ. I can feel your pubic bone. Your right pubic bone is popped um, out of place. And he said, I can pop it back in if you want. And I said, yes, please. He said, but it's going to hurt really bad. And I said, Let's do it, man. Let's, if it's there any chance that it might alleviate some of the pain, let's do it. And he goes, okay. And fortunately, my mom was there and she held on to me so he didn't push me over the table yeah. um, because I'm not strong enough to hold on to myself. And he goes, one, two, pop. Ah! He pops that hip back into place. The moment he popped that hip back into place, I was like, oh, oh, oh. All the pain went away. Wow. And what I realized in that very instant was I had stopped being appreciative of the life that I had wow. and had taken it for granted prior to getting hurt. And in that moment, I was filled with so much appreciation that turned into gratitude, as you and I have talked about. And that gratitude helped me realize that that love several months earlier, six, seven months earlier, that love, actually more than that, at that point, it was almost 10 months earlier, that love that I was feeling in that moment for my life again, that gratitude that I was feeling, that when that pillar of light came through and said love, it wasn't telling me to love other people. It was telling me to learn to love myself so that I could help other people learn to love themselves. Mm. That's one of the reasons I don't quit, Chris, because I don't want, if I quit, then I give you a reason to quit. Mm. And if you could see how physically dependent I am, I have to pay somebody to help me go to the bathroom. I have to pay to have somebody get me dressed. I have to have pay to somebody to put somebody in my wheel, put me in my wheelchair, right? So the things that you take for maybe for granted are the things that I have to pay for. And so for me, I got to look at my life and say, wow, I get to love me and appreciate what I have so that I can then teach other people to do the same thing. So my whole life came to this point of, speaking to people and teaching people about love and teaching people how to transform from where they were to who they want to be. 
Mm. Change is inevitable. This is the last thing I'll say. Change is inevitable. Transformation is a choice. Mm. You don't have a choice. Change is going to occur. It's inevitable. Transformation, though, is a choice. You can become whoever you want to become. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. What is that? What does that really mean? The transformation, the choice of transformation, and how does that relate to our self, our self love, and also the resistance that comes up as well in that process, man. So, if you look at your own life and you go, "I don't like that about me," and even if you don't tell anybody, "I don't like that about me," I feel bad about myself. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel smart enough. I, you know, I don't feel worthy. I don't deserve that. If these are the kinds of things that you're saying to yourself or you're hearing yourself say, then you realize in those moments that there's resistance that you're experiencing inside of you. You're not truly expressing who you really are. You're not really being free. You're not being authentic and expressing who you really are. You're not speaking the way you want to speak. You're not doing what you want to do. You're not vacationing where you want to vacation. You're not laughing when you want to laugh. You're not playing when you want to play. You're not eating what you want to eat. Right, All of these things are not happening the way you want them to happen, which means that you're, in essence, a victim to the life that you've allowed to occur. Mm. You have let changes occur in your life. You've let changes occur in your life, which means that outside of you, most change comes from outside of you. Yes, your internal body is going to change. That's just the nature of things. Sure. If I go to the bathroom, it changes. If I eat, it changes. If I think something, it changes. Right. So by default, it's going to happen. But here's the difference. Change is something that happens to us. Transformation is something that happens for us, Mm. right? Now, the change can happen for us if we look at it in a way that says, oh, that's actually telling me I'm not healthy right now. I'm not happy. So thank you for that communication. Let me switch and make a transformation. Let me choose to do something different that brings something better into my life. So transformation is a choice. That means if I don't like where I am, I constantly always have a choice. The universe is built on contrast. Right? You don't have up without down, in without out, light without dark. It's built on a contrast, and it's built that way so you have a choice. So look, if I have a choice, every choice that I make can be about transformation. Right? So if I go, okay, I've got a choice. Here are my options. I can do A or B or something in between. Right? Or A to Z and anything in between. Sure. And I go, okay, well, I want to do that. Well, first of all, you have to have be empowered enough to make a decision. So transformation doesn't come from a disempowered state. So if you're feeling like, well, I really want this in my life, but I'm not really getting it. I don't really know how to get it. I guarantee you're not empowered. Mm. I guarantee you're in a disempowered state. And if you're disempowered, then the problem with that is that you won't be able to make a decision. You certainly, if you do make a decision, won't be able to make a decision quickly and easily. And even if you do make a decision, and whether it's quick and easy, which it won't be, but even if it is, you're still going to doubt it and go, oh, I don't know if that was the right decision. Mm. Even if it worked out in your favor later on, you're going to be like, I wonder if I should have done it differently. Like, how did that work out? I knew that it worked out in my favor. You're just not going to let it go initially, not for a while. That's because you're in this disempowered state. But if you're empowered, Mm. you can make decisions easy. So you go, oh, here are my choices. That's what I want. I don't like where I am right now. That looks better. Let me try that, right? So I make a decision. Then following the decision, if you're empowered, you take action. And then you have that experience. Good, bad, delicious, not delicious. I want more of it. I never want more of that. Whatever it is, right? That's when the assessment happens. That's when the appreciation occurs. You go, oh, I didn't like that. I love that. That was amazing. I want more of that. I can't wait to do that again. And then when all of a sudden you've got these choices, like I don't like it. I love it. I love it. I don't like it. I want more of it. I never want it again. You've got these choices. All of a sudden you're back in the loop again because now you've got choice. More of it, less of it. Do I want to do that again? So what we're doing is we're creating data points. When we make decisions, because we go, I don't like where I am right now, it could be a small decision. It literally could be as small as this. 
do I like how I'm feeling right now? Because this mm. is something I teach my own clients. Do you, do you like how you're feeling right now? And if they go, I don't, I don't like how I'm feeling right now. Okay. My next question is always, well, well, how would you rather feel? You know, and I ask myself these questions. How would you rather feel? And, you know, they'll tell me and I say, okay, so what's it going to take for you to do that? Mm. I don't even have to ask myself the third question because I go, okay, do I like how I'm feeling right now? And they go, mm, I don't. Well, how would I rather feel? I'd rather feel this, this, and this. I go, okay. And I just shift. <clears throat> it's really that easy. Yeah. Now, if you don't think that you can shift that quickly, because you're like, I can't go from negative to smiling, you know, to be happy. I can't be, turn that frown upside down. I can't do it. I can't. It's just too much effort. But you can. But sometimes you can't go negative to positive that quickly. Right. So why don't we go negative to neutral mm. and from neutral to positive? It's a little bit better. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly my point, Chris. That's exactly my point. Like, so if you go, no, I don't like how I'm feeling right now. How would you rather feel? I'd rather feel super duper happy and filled with love and kindness, but I just can't. Oh, okay, no worries. Can you feel a little better right now? Because everything is on a sliding scale. Mm. If the universe is built on contrast, that means we're on a sliding scale on our way up. Yep. Right? Yep. And so my like, can you feel just a little bit better? Can you but look, it's not about let's make this very clear. It's not about feeling better. It's about, okay, can I let both feeling like this mm. so that I can instead feel like this? Yeah. So the very first step in love and on your path to love is letting go. Mm. There's five steps to love. Six. I think I do six now. Okay. We'll count them right now. Okay. okay. So number one is letting go. Okay. And if you can let go, then what happens is step number two, you begin to open up and become receptive. And then what happens is step number three is you start to become aware of the things around you. Your senses become more heightened. Mm -hmm. You start to feel inside more love, more connection, more kindness, more intuition. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's an appreciation, which is step number four. That level of appreciation, <clears throat> that level of appreciation is like the word appreciate um, means to appraise something and to appraise something means to set a value. So all these things that in step number three, I've become aware of in step number four, I'm starting to appraise and set a value for, oh, I like this. Mm. I don't think I like that. This is where we start to have data points that we go, uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah. And so by doing that, we, we guide ourselves down this, this tube, this tunnel that moves us in the direction of, a, of alignment. So what, here's a beautiful thing, right? People think appreciation and gratitude are the same, mm. but they're not. Mm. Appreciation is internal. How do I feel it inside? Nobody needs to know how I feel, mm. but I get to assess it. I like this, how it feels. I don't like how this feels. I want more of this. I don't want this again. Mm. And then the more I fill my life with appreciation, meaning the more, uh, with the things that I like that feel good, the more I choose things that feel good, the more I choose things that I like, the more I choose things that resonate with my soul, my calling, my intention, my, my integrity, the more and more I fill up, pretty soon that appreciation spills out. Mm -hmm. The moment it spills out, it becomes gratitude, which is the next stage. Gratitude is the outward expression of things. Mm -hmm. And so when it spills out and you get so filled with gratitude that you're just pouring out all of the time, that's when this little secret door of humility occurs. And when you pass through that door of humility, you enter the space of unconditional love. And when you're in that space, and it may only be in just that moment, but there's that moment of unconditional love that you taste. And you're moved deeply to love others. 
And I define love as the willing exchange of oneself for oneness, the willing exchange of oneself for oneness. So when you pass through that door of humility, that gratitude pointed at, and you open up the door and you pass through and you're into the space of unconditional love, <clears throat> it's a full circle. You go right back to being able to let go of even more. And then you can open up and, re and receive more. You can become more aware. You can be more appreciative. You can feel like gratitude. You pass through that door of humility again, and you're in a deeper state of unconditional love. So this formula, this, these six steps, would you say that that is, is to be your greatest possible self? It's the key to transformation. What, it, what is the, the result? How can people apply this? And why, like, what's the end result of applying this? If you actually are really, truly wanting to be happy, if you really want to have love in your life, if you really want to love yourself, if you really want to love other people, if you really want to be able to connect with people, start by letting go. It's about, it's about exactly what my definition is. This is transformation because this doesn't happen by accident. Yeah. That, this happens by choice. This happens intentionally. So when you're making a conscious choice, this is the path of transformation. You can transform in a thousand different ways in a thousand different areas of your life. But if you want to transform towards loving yourself or loving others, then this is the path towards transformation. Because the very first step is you have to let go. If you don't let go, then you're holding fast. There's no space. If you're holding a pencil and you want to give me the pencil, you have to let go of it, which means that for you to let go, you have to release the muscles, which means that your hand starts to open up, mm. right? Yeah. Now, if I want to give you something and your hand's in a fist, you have to let go of that fist. You have to release those muscles so your hand opens up so you can receive. Yeah. If you want to receive love, then you have to let go. Mm. And let go means who hurt you? Who yelled at you? Who embarrassed you? Who hurt your feelings? And look, this is, let's be very clear. I'm saying who hurt you, but that's not really what I meant. What I really meant was who hurt your ego? Okay, that ego is what we want to let go of. We want to diminish it. We want to let it go. Yes, some ego can be valuable and beneficial for us, but some ego, ego just is designed to keep you safe and keep you alive. And all it does is create separation between people in the modern world. Mm. We always hear the stories about, yo, back in the caveman days and the saber-toothed tiger, <clears throat> you know, we had to have this uh, primal brain, this fight-or-flight process in our brain to, keep, uh, to survive. Of course, of course. But the problem is that the fight-or-flight process now doesn't really help us as much. It now actually creates separation within relationships. It creates separation within ourselves. I want this. But my unconscious mind is saying this and making me feel a particular way that's causing me not to take action. Mm. So you, if you want to really find love, if you really want to, as I like to say, live in love without limits, mm. if you really want to learn to live in love without limits, start by letting go of fear or say, okay, if I can't let go of fear, I'm not going to be paralyzed by it. So I'm going to be open to other things. You have to create space, which is what letting go does so that something new can come into your life. So yeah, is is yeah. is resistance the same thing as fear? Give me a second. I want it to come through me instead of from me. No, resistance is not the same thing as fear. However, if you are fearful, you can't be resistant. I can be resistant. I can experience resistance just out of pure ignorance and not knowing something. But if I'm afraid 
um, I may be highly motivated to do something, um, but also if I'm afraid, I might be in resistance. So what happens is if you're not where you want to be in your life, that fear is creating resistance, but it's mm. creating it at an unconscious level. But the more you explore that, the more your unconscious mind will open up and speak to you. Mm. Right? Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did. Okay. Yeah. I get excited well, and I and I'll like I'll just talk and talk and talk. <laughs> so I'm gonna make my answers a little more succinct so that if you have questions, you can That's delve great. deeper into them. It's great, man. I love it. I love I love the formula. I think people can really apply that immediately and it's yeah. it's super simple. Let go. Open up and be receptive is number two. Yeah. Number one, let go. Open up and be receptive. Yeah. Uh, number three is be aware. Um, yeah. Create that awareness and be aware of the world around you. Yeah. Access that intuition. Number yeah. four is the appreciation, the appraisal, the experiencing that within. The gratitude is the geyser expression outward yes. of all that, all that juicy built up appreciation. And then the last one is is the is the humility, access to unconditional love, right? And just like yeah. experiencing that, it's beautiful. Yeah. Let me add one little quick piece to that: the letting go. Yeah. Um, I have my clients ask this question all the time. And I'll ask myself this question when I need to. I'll say, what can I let go of right now today? Mm. And I say it that way. What can I let go of right now today? Or, or I'll say, what can I let go of today right now? Mm. Right? Because I want to play with my brain. Because today and right now are not the same thing. Mm. So what it does is it triggers my brain. And what I found is it triggers my client's brain to go, oh. And some people prefer one way. Some people prefer the other. I like to say, what can I let go of right now today? Mm -hmm. right now okay and literally chris letting go of something right now can just be like wow i guess i was holding my breath a little let me exhale more okay it can be i feel like maybe i was a little tense on my shoulders let me just release my tension on my shoulders mm -hmm. like letting go can also be i'm really still angry with my mom at what she said to me last night okay let's just do a little meditation and let that go for a minute right it doesn't have to be long but let's just create a little bit of gap a little bit of space because when you've got that gap, you've got that space, you can move. Mm. If you don't have the gap of the space, you're stuck. That's powerful. <clears throat> and I think um, we're, we're talking about the breath and we're also talking about some, something that we're holding on to about our mom. But I think even more focused, like let's be tactical with this, strategic with this. Um, it's to focus it on a problem or a challenge or an obstacle or an opportunity or a gift, whatever we want to call it. Like It's like, hey, there's a block. I'm experiencing this block. What can I let go of around this block so that mm -hmm. I can go through the process, create some room, and then create transformation uh, in the in the end, man? So I think it's it's really powerful. So I thank you. I appreciate that, and I love that you focused it, laser focused in one area like that. Um, let's add to that yeah. something I call PDA, um, power decision action. Okay, because like I said earlier, if you're disempowered, the foundation of a dynamic life is empowerment versus disempowerment mm -hmm. if you are disempowered you're not going to make that decision right so if you're like okay well how can i how can i focus it to get through this problem stop for a sec mm -hmm. let go of the problem because fo focusing your attention on the problem is not going to fix it mm -hmm. right so when you let go of the problem what you're doing is you're opening up for the solution yeah. and if the problem is creating stress what happens is that stress shuts down the prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. and the prefrontal cortex shuts down that means that all of a sudden, your ability to make decisions and be solution-minded starts to reduce significantly. So if I go, okay, hold on, let me just let go of the problem for a minute. Let me open up to solutions. And let me get into a state of power. Now, that could be 
I want to stand in a particular way. It could be I want to jump up and down and do some exercise. I want to do some um, push-ups and sit-ups because I want to be physically strong. It can be I want to go and sell something because then, okay, I've got some money now. I feel like I'm, I'm stronger. It can be sitting in meditation. It can be journaling. It can be going for a run. Whatever it is for you, when you feel like you're in that power, and I don't mean power over someone. I mean alignment. When you feel that connection, that power, that like, okay, I feel like a real full person, that's when you say, okay, now, what do we need to do next mm. according for this particular situation? What needs to be done right now? Mm. Be quiet. Let it come through you. The decision will be given to you. You don't have to create it in your head. Just listen for it. I need to do this. You'll have a feeling. You'll see something. You'll hear something. You'll know something. And then just go and do it right away. PDA, power, decision, action, not PDRA. What's PDRA? A power, decision, go to the refrigerator and get some food. Action. <laughs> no. No refrigerator in that equation. Don't go get food. The moment you know what you need to do, immediately begin to take action on it. And yeah. then you'll be okay. Things will be much better because what you'll do is you'll train yourself. Okay, hold on. I got a problem. I'm feeling resistance. Let me just let go of the problem for a sec. Let me get into my power. Let me get into that alignment. Okay. I feel strong. I feel confident. I feel I feel solid in who I am. Okay. What do I need to do next? What's the next decision? What's What do I need to do next? Mm. Boom. I need to do that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Get up and do it. Everything changes. Mm. Um, look, and the way you saw me do it is I got quiet. Einstein said, nothing changes until something moves. Mm. Nothing changes until something moves. Spiritually, I like to say, nothing changes until you become still. Mm. When you become deeply and profoundly still, and all the chaos, all the mental chatter, all the fear disappears, that's when you are deeply and powerfully transformed. Mm. And that's the space that power, getting into your power, takes you into. So then all of a sudden you become open to the everything. That's when the decision comes through you. Mm. Okay? You don't have to do this alone. But many of us out there are efforting, feeling like, I have to do it alone. I have to do it alone. I have to do it alone. Mm. The universe wants you to be successful because you are literally the embodiment of it. You are the pure expression of it. Mm. It experiences itself through you. You are the fingertips of it. Yeah. PJ, I'm, I'm curious. I, I know you're a really intelligent <clears throat> and Thank you. I've heard often that questions are uh, really determine our, our focus, determine the quality of life, determine what we were able to get. And I know a popular question, or not a popular, a powerful question is who? Is who should I be talking to? Who should I connect with? Who who has the answer to these to these um, questions that I'm asking, or the resources, or who who should I connect with? And I know on your journey, I'm sure that there were certain um, physical limitations that you experienced, and you achieved so much, man. Um, what kinds of questions did you ask yourself to go on those kinds of adventures and like achieve mm -hmm. these these things that most people would say, oh well, someone in PJ's shoes wouldn't have been able to achieve those things. Like what, what were the questions you asked yourself to be able to achieve those things, man? Often it was um, ego-based to be 100% honest. How do I want to be seen? Mm. That drives me more than anything, Chris, because I do not, like I don't mind that I'm disabled in service to other people, in service and benefit to other people. Yeah. But for myself, I don't want to be disabled. I want to be rock climbing. I want to be surfing on my feet and on my butt. I want to be swimming by myself. I want to be diving. I want to be spending, you know, a lady around that I'm out on a date with, right? Yeah. I want to be climbing trees. 
So I don't want the disability aside from the fact that it's such a great gift to other people. Mm. So I, I'm always like, how do I, I want to be seen? So you could, you know, argue that I've got that, you know, Napoleon complex, that little man syndrome, um, which is like, I want to be seen as a real man. Yeah. I want to be seen as dynamic and powerful and contributing. I want to be seen as someone who makes you feel safe. Mm. And so I will be driven by who I want to be, how I want to be seen. And so when I'm struggling or fighting, I'll stop and I'll say, okay, how do I want to be seen? Who do I want to be? Notice the second question. The first one is ego-based. Yep. The second one is soul-based. And they go together because there's nothing that can be divided from itself. Everything is, is one. So when I say, okay, how do I want to be seen? What do I want to, how do I want to, who do I want to be? Hmm. All of a sudden I go, that's who I want to be. Then I go, okay, shift. Those who shift the quickest are the most successful. Hmm. Wow. It's gold. It's gold, man. Uh, it, with the the conscious mind and the unconscious <clears throat> mind, have we dove into the distinction yet about why why it's important to notice which ones which one we're operating out of, or like tell us a little bit more about unconscious and conscious mind, why that's important in your coaching and transformation? I love this. This is one of my favorite topics because so many times people will say something like, "Oh, I don't know how to do it. Oh, I can't do it. I'm not good enough." Really? Is that you, or is that your <laughs> unconscious mind talking to you? Right. <laughs> I want to make sure that you are actually recognizing there's a clear distinction between you, the conscious you, and it, the unconscious. We want to make sure that you are making the decisions and the unconscious is actually in support of you. And believe it or not, they're actually best friends. It doesn't feel like it most of the time. Sometimes it feels like that dreaded unconscious mind is just chattering along and just talking and won't shut up and drives crazy and insane, keeps me up at night and makes me feel bad about myself. And all it's trying to do is protect you. It has one job, protect you and keep you alive. So we need to make sure that if I'm feeling resistance, chances are it's my unconscious mind telling me we're afraid. So we get to step back because look, if there is, if I'm experiencing resistance, the, I can't go forward without pushing and trying to effort, right? That is not the way we should be living. We're not flowing then. So that's probably the unconscious mind. So let's step backwards away from this pressure. Yeah. Let's step out of the problem. Let's take a breath. Let's reconnect with our conscious mind. And say, okay, well, what do I want? What are my other options? How else can I make this happen? Notice I'm very distinct on the out, on the I. Now this is me, the conscious me. Okay, what else do I want to do? How else can I fix this? How else can I overcome this? What are my other options? Okay, for me, as I'm saying all of these things, it's almost like every time I see I, 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 and my, I'm seeing light, 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 light. Mm. It, there's like a flash. But when I'm saying I, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to do it. This is so difficult. This is such a struggle. I'm fighting everything. Everything doesn't seem to work. My computer shows me that I'm all of this resistance. This is, I'm focusing on something that's not me. Mm. Right. Mm. And so if we step back and we go, okay, hold on. Is this me saying this, beating myself up? Or is this the unconscious mind speaking out of fear, creating resistance? Mm. That's my unconscious mind. Chris. I, I like to call the unconscious mind it and make a clear distinction again between you, the conscious you, and it, the unconscious. And I often tell my clients to say, shh, it, because that's often the only thing that the unconscious mind gives. <laughs> right? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
Uh, I'm curious with the if if you want to keep going, you can. I, I just wanted to talk about. Oh, we're good. Let's go. Let's go. The, the subconscious mind and unconscious mind. Is there is there a distinction? Because yes. I feel like I hear a lot today. All your answers are in your subconscious mind. You just gotta let them come out and and flow through you, kind of thing. What what's your perspective on that? So I love that you're asking that question because most people don't make a distinction, and there's a very clear distinction for me. Yeah, I would say the unconscious mind is. The place that the unconscious mind is responsible for three R's and the conscious mind is responsible for one R. Okay. And then I'll explain the subconscious briefly. Okay. The unconscious mind is responsible to remember everything, recall everything, and reveal everything. Hmm. That's why it's constantly talking to you because it's making an effort to say, hey, we got some stuff in here. It's unresolved. We need to make sure that the conscious mind helps us figure out the problem because I'm the unconscious mind. It's my job to remember, recall, and reveal. So I'm going to keep telling you, we got this going on. Don't forget when your dad said that. Don't forget when that person did that. Don't do that again because you could get hurt, right? And the yeah. conscious mind is like, oh, my God, will you please be quiet? Stop talking already. <laughs> but the, uncon- the conscious mind doesn't go, doesn't realize. The unconscious just wants to be buddies. It just wants mm-hmm. to be friends. It's actually your best friend. Yeah. So if the conscious mind would do its job, the fourth R, resolve the problem, mm-hmm. then the unconscious mind starts to get quiet. But the conscious mind can't resolve the problem without addressing the unconscious mind right. and saying, now, like, can you please help me figure this out? Like, not even let me rephrase that, Chris, because most of the time I teach my clients, not can you please help me figure this out? I say, okay, what's bothering us? I include mm. the unconscious mind in it. Wow. What are we struggling with? Why are we, why is this so difficult for us? That's good. And then the subconscious mind is the bridge between the two. The subconscious mind is sub, it's just below the surface where you go something, I can feel it, I can feel it, but I can't really tell you what that is, but I can feel that sensation. What is that? So the more you look into that, the more the doors begin to reveal. It's almost like the mist or the fog starts to clear and you're like, there's the bridge, guys, there's the bridge, there's the way, right? And so the more we sit in that stillness and that quietness, the more the subconscious mind begins to speak to us. Mm. and it says here is the stuff that you need to know right now that's going to be the most beneficial, okay? The unconscious mind is the storehouse. It's the storeroom. The subconscious mind is the delivery device. It's the bridge. So the, we, we use the conscious mind to direct our attention to the subconscious mind, which is the bridge. And if we are frazzled, then the unconscious mind is just going to throw everything at us and we're not going to be able to really effectively deal with it versus if we create stillness with our conscious mind we'll be able to create a clear effective channel or bridge with the subconscious mind to the unconscious the unconscious mind creates chaos in your life because you're not communicating with it Mm. so it's it's trying to get your attention mom 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 dad 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 oh my god shut up Right. But if you just sit down and have a conversation with yourself in the mirror, Mm. you sit down and have a conversation with yourself in your journal, then all of a sudden and like conversation where you ask yourself questions and you let yourself answer the questions and you respond to that and you respond to that. And you literally have a conversation where you're playing both roles. Um, Give me a sec. There's another piece I wanted to add to that. I'm going to be quiet for a second. In, in the case when the unconscious mind cannot get the conscious mind to actually listen to it and have a conversation, the unconscious mind will complain and go to someone else. That's why we often go to our girlfriends or boyfriends or husbands or wives or counselors or therapists or coaches 
because we go, I just, I like it, right? It needs to talk. It needs a voice and it needs help resolving something. That's because the conscious mind in that case is not doing its job. That's why good coaches will say, well, the answer is inside of you. Because what they're doing is they're training the, the conscious mind to do its job to strengthen the resolve muscle. Wow. And the only way that happens is if it begins to communicate with the unconscious mind. That's I've never made that link before as far as like coaching, like why coaches consistently put the power in someone the the client's hands, right? It's like, of course, we want them to be empowered, we want them to be self-directed. Good. I never realized that, hey, we're attempting to get the conscious mind, which they have, but they may not be using it effectively to communicate with the unconscious, which has, you know, their infinite power that they can tap into and, and be able to live an amazing life. But if they don't know how to get those two to link up, then they, they can't be be as successful as they would have. I, didn't, I never realized that, man. That's That's super cool. Yeah. And also, here's the thing, bro. Like, if you don't use your conscious mind, if you don't think... If you don't have dialogue and conversation with your unconscious, if you don't assess and look at the data points that are coming in about what works and what doesn't work, you're not strengthening that muscle, that mental, cognitive, intentional, conscious mind muscle. And so a really good coach goes, I don't want to be your coach forever. Mm. I want you to be strong. I want you to be independent. I want to kick you out of the nest. I don't want to kick you out of the nest. I want you to come to me one day and say, I feel like I can soar. And I just smile and say, You've been soaring for a long time. I don't want to have to kick you out. Mm. I want you to discover it on your own because I want you to realize the dynamicness, the power that's in you. And then when they say the answers are inside of you, the only, only way that answer comes is when you consciously process, meaning you allow dialogue and conversation between conscious and the unconscious. Chris, it's the same with uh, people that are in romantic relationships or business negotiations. Mm-hmm. If you don't communicate, have a conversation, the relationship starts to fall apart. <clears throat> you know? Oh, in fact, in fact, I do this communication circle. At the top, I talk about listening, right? Mm-hmm. Listening means not judging, not interrupting, not telling someone what to do. Mm-hmm. Sincerely just listening. At um, Let's call that 12 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, we have SAFE. So if you've ever had somebody listen to you, they don't judge you, they don't interrupt you, they don't tell you what to do, then you start to feel safe. So you can draw a line and an arrow from listening to safe. And then at six o'clock, you draw an arrow from three o'clock to six o'clock. At six o'clock, you have trust. So if I have somebody that listens to me and, and they don't interrupt me, they don't judge me, they don't tell me what to do, they sincerely just listen. I start to feel safe with them. As I feel safe with them, I begin to really truly trust them, which the reason is six o'clock is the trust is because it's near the heart right? And the listening is near the ears, right? And so, and then if I trust you, um, then I'm likely to talk to you. So talk is at nine o'clock and we draw an arrow from six to nine. And why am I talking to you? Because you're listening. So I draw an arrow from talking from nine o'clock to 12 o'clock. You can see how these arrows make a consistent circle constantly, constantly, constantly strengthening that sense of safety and, and trust so that there's more communication, more talking, more listening, right? But listening is the single most important piece in the relationship, the single most important piece in conversation, for sure. And um, if someone's not listening, they're judging you, telling you what to do or interrupting you, then they're not listening. And so eventually you stop talking. And that stop talking happens in one of two ways. You can either go in your own head, okay, forget it, never mind. You're not listening. I'm done talking. You don't care about me. 
or I can go, I'm done talking to you because you don't listen. Right. I could just like freak out and just like amp up. I'm done. Eventually it ends in the same because you're not listening. So if you're not listening, then I stop talking. If I stop talking, then I, I'm stopping talking because I don't trust you because you're judging me, interrupting me, or telling me what to do. And when you do that, I don't feel safe. Why? Because you're not listening. So but if you look at that backwards, I always say X marks the spot where communication falls apart. So between listening and safe, between safe and trust, between trust and talking, and between talking and listening, which one of those arrows do you think is where communication or where the relationship begins to die? Um, could be either talking and listening or listening and safe. No, talking and listening? 100%. 100%. Because if you're not listening, then I'm not talking. Our relationship is falling apart. It's the same with the unconscious and the conscious mind. We start to biodegrade emotionally, spiritually, cancer. These kinds of things come when we don't have healthy communication within ourselves. Connect with yourself. Become your best friend. Fall in love with yourself again. I love it. And also, I wanted to highlight real quick for everyone listening, that is the data points that you were talking about to be able to interact with your unconscious mind. We can journal it with it. We can ask it questions to get more um, measurable data. We could ask on a scale of 1 to 10, how blank do I feel? And that we can access our unconscious mind and say, okay, what would it get? What would it take to get one or two points better, right? To feel a little bit better. And so if there's any area of our life that might be stuck or struggling, we could ask our unconscious mind, say, where are we on the scale? What would it take to get to a point or two or whatever more? Um, is that something that you, you see would work effectively? Yeah, 100%. And please remember that there's an infinite number of spaces between zero and one. Mm. And so you don't have to go up one or two spaces. Mm. You can go up micro movements. Sure. If sure. you're really in resistance yeah. and you're like, I don't want to feel better. I want to feel better, but I don't want to feel better. I can't feel better. But I want to feel better. I hate feeling like this, but I can't seem to get myself out of this. You're just going to loop in that. You're going to be stuck in that loop. So instead of trying to go up two points or one point, what if you just go, can I just feel a little better? Can I just, can I just relax a little? Can I just let a little bit go? Can I just let a little more joy? Can I just find a little appreciation? Just micro movements, micro movements. If you know, you're stuck in a, a really defeating uh, loop. Yeah. PJ is powerful, man. Great stuff. Let's Good. begin to drive it home, brother. Is there anything okay. else you wanted to touch on? You want people to just like implement, just take action on this particular gold nugget. Let's drive it home, man. So there's one image that I like to share, and it seems to keep coming up. It's almost like it wants to be spoken about, too. Um, if you've ever been to San Diego, you know that there is, on the way to the airport, right there near the harbor, is an anchor that. Um, a big, like, gigantic white ship anchor, right? A big metal ship anchor. <clears throat> so I always picture that anchor as our past. So think of a big, gigantic ship anchor dug into the ground, and it's our past. And then think about what attaches to an anchor, but chains and ropes and lines and cords. And those chains, the, the anchor is your past. The chains are your attachments to them. Mm -hmm. And each one of those chains or ropes or cords or lines links into different places on your own being. So, right, I'm, excuse me, I'm going to have some memories that are in different places in my mind, different times in my mind that go back and link to my past, right? I'm going to have different feelings in my emotional body that link to my past. I'm going to have different feelings in my physical body 
excitement and joy, but also fear and, and timidness that are going to link to different parts of my body also. So as I say in my, in my life, when I go, I really want that in my life. And I start to move in that direction. Have you ever said you wanted something, but you just can't seem to get there? What happens is, boom, you get pulled back. The doors to your future, the doors to your remarkable future exist in your past, not in the future. What do I mean? If I'm running towards what I want, and all of a sudden there's chains or ropes go taut, boom, I get jerked into the back, right? Because the anchor is not going to move. It's stuck into the ground. Right. But the chains move, the chains, the attachments, right? So we, we stop and we go, okay, what's pulling me back? Oh, I remember, you know, what this person said about me and I don't feel like I'm good enough. And okay, let's stop and explore that. And when we become intimate with that, right? The more I become intimate with that feeling, mm-hmm. those, the thinking that's associated with that, that's causing the feelings, the beliefs that are causing the thinking, uh, the identification of where that programming came from, then I go, oh, okay, I can start to let this go because I can give myself alternatives. When I go, what are the alternatives that I could, like, that I could actually program myself with or I could believe? Mm-hmm. I could believe this. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Okay. I could also believe this. Is that also true? Yeah, that's also true. Or another option. Okay, I want to choose this one. Then I change my beliefs. I change my thinking. I consequently change my emotions and the actions and the results that follow. What we've basically done is we felt resistance. Mm-hmm. We stepped back into our past. We became intimate. We looked at the emotion. We looked at where the emotion was coming from, the thoughts. We looked at where the thoughts were coming from, the belief. We're looking at where the belief comes from, the programming. We reprogrammed by choosing a new paradigm, a new choice. Mm-hmm. We reestablish that belief. We reestablish the thinking that goes with that belief. We look at what the feelings and the emotions will be when we believe that, when we think that, and we choose that. And when we do, all of a sudden, it's no longer holding its back. We've literally let go full circle. We've let go of that attachment. We can go further. And then we're going to be pulled back again because the second rope is going to be a little bit longer, but still not as long as others. So it's going to pull you back and we go through the process again. Where's that emotion coming from? What am I saying to myself? Because emotions come from what I say. Where does that come from? The belief. Where does that come from? The programming. What are my options? Building myself back up the other way. Boom shakalaka. PJ, let's tell Boom. our people how they can stay connected with you. What are the next steps? Real quickly, bro, we got about 60 seconds on this recording left to go. <laughs> PJsWisdom.com. PJsWisdom.com or transformation. Dot, or sorry, transformation2020.pjswisdom.com. Amazing. Amazing. What are they, they going to get when they go there, brother? Oh yeah, um, transformation2020.pjswisdom.com yep. is just it's an opportunity for you to work in my group session called Transformation 2020. Not year 2020, but Vision 2020. What do you want to see? And it will help you to get past any of those limiting beliefs that you have. Any of that belief that I'm not good enough, I don't feel worthy, I don't deserve this. If you've got that feeling, if you're feeling like you're in resistance, you're not where you want to be in your life, this is an opportunity for you to work with a coach. At a reasonable rate, because coaches are so expensive, including me, when you do one-on-ones. But when you work with a group, you've got a community, you've got a family, you've got friends. It's a great place and to start. And people who want to bring you in to speak, they can contact you at pjswisdom.com. PJ, yeah. thank you so Thank much. you. I'm glad you remember that. I totally forget. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. I love you, man. I really do. And I love all of you. Even though I don't know you, I have mad, mad love for you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. 
Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>